Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. Uh, thank you all so much for watching us or listening to us today. My name is Bruce Johnson. I'm joined uh, by my brother, Jacob Johnson, over there. Hello. And uh, yeah, he's uh, remote, so he's in Pennsylvania. I'm here in the wonderful state of South Dakota. And, uh, you know, we're going to fix that situation shortly <laughs> for Jake. So, um, But uh, go to our show website, which is trdshow.net. Uh, you can find a list of links to all the many platforms we're on. Um, check us out. we got all sorts of great resources on there. If you're looking to share the show with people, which we'd really appreciate, um, that website is a really great way to do it. Uh, we also have statements about the show and what uh, this is, what our mission is and the core purpose of the show, which is to apply all of scripture to all of life. Um, all of those sorts of things are on our about page on that show website. So definitely check that out. You know, we also really, really love to hear some of your thoughts because sometimes they spur on episodes in the future. So if you'd like to share your thoughts with us about what we've said or talked about previously, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com and uh, we'd really like to hear from you. Um, so today's our current events episode, you know, current events Monday. And oh my goodness, so much happened last week. Uh, so, you know, we've kind of like, Jake is going to talk about the biggest thing, you know, the big thing that talk, that happened last week. Um, so I'm super stoked. Uh, and I'm actually going to be covering something that um, kind of just was pushed out under the radar. And it's not really that, it's not a, a new thing. It's not a, uh, uh, a current events. This had to be talked about now. But I, I thought that in light of what's happened on the Supreme Court level, which is a positive, it's a win for us. In light of that, this other thing also needs to be talked about. And it's more of a, a societal, uh, philosophical thing on, I'll put this in air quotes, our side, the Republican side, which is supposedly our side, if you will. Something that's happening deeper on our side that we should be concerned about as Christians and should oppose directly. So we got a lot to talk about today, but uh, before we get into all of that, we have to talk about our verse of the week. And uh, our verse this week is First Chronicles twenty nine eleven. And we've actually talked about this verse in the past, but I thought now it was quite timely to bring this up again. So First Chronicles twenty nine eleven says, "Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty." For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Again, that's first Corinthians, uh, sorry, not Corinthians, first Chronicles 29, 11. So this verse is just chock full of victory, of optimism, of Christians and Christ having victory on earth. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory. Notice that. The victory and the majesty. For all that's in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom and you are exalted as head above all. I mean, it doesn't get any clearer than this. This is our vision as Christians. We're not looking at a pessimistic view of the future. We're not looking ahead and seeing failure. We're looking ahead and seeing victory. I mean, this should get us so excited when we read scripture like this that talks about what's going to happen in the future is a good thing. That's what Revelation 
is all about. It's Revelation is chock full of hope. It's chock full of victory. It's chock full of the greatness and glory of God and what he, and what Christ did on the cross that fundamentally transformed what's going to happen in the future. So when you see passages like this, 1 Chronicles 29:11, think about this. Really think about what this means about the future and then let that impact how you act today, tomorrow, and the day after. So remember this. This is important. Glory, victory, majesty, greatness, power, all of it belongs to God because he owns everything on heaven, in heaven, and on earth. So anything, Jake, that you'd like to add to that verse? Yeah, and the the reason we talk about this, the reason we focus on this is so that Christians have a mindset that we need to get out in culture and we need to get involved because we need to have that victory. Yes. Right? Christ has the victory. Yep. We just need to claim it. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, great point. Um, all right. So I think everyone in the audience at this point kind of knows what Jake is talking about, right? I mean, the biggest thing of last week, Roe v. Wade being overturned, I mean, wow, that I never thought I'd see that. That's so exciting to hear about. So, dude, take it away. What are your thoughts? Well, it's an exciting time. And yeah. also, it's a time like we were saying in that verse, a time that Christians now more than ever need to stand up. Yes. Yep. And I'm starting out with this headline. The Supreme, and this is the headline, and I quote, Supreme Court strikes down Roe v. Wade abortion precedent. Mm. Um, June 24th marks the day in which, on a federal level, abortion is no longer protected. Um, and this mm. court case was Dobbs v. Jackson, uh, where this precedent stemmed from uh, with the court ruling six to three for giving power back to the states yes. to decide. Yes. I mean, this just does so many, so many different things, right? It it stops protecting the murder of innocent babies on a federal mm -hmm. level. It gives power back to the states. It sets that yeah. new precedent. And as we've heard actually from some other sources, it sets potentially precedent for other cases uh, or previous cases in the future to be overturned as well or at least be brought up back into uh, deliberation which is fascinating yeah. so a Bergderfell uh, and and the like which is really interesting yeah. yeah the this statement by Alito really opens up the floodgates to get rid of multiple other things um but and, and that's that's another thing in and of itself, is the surprisingness of the judges for them to decide this way. Yes, yeah. I think that's, it's crazy that they, after so long, after watching them decide on the wrong side every single case, and then <laughs> right. this one. You kind of just expect it, you know? Right, right. And, and not... Not only this case, but multiple other cases like this that have happened where they've sided on the correct side. And that's that's inter interesting in and of itself. Not mm. something that I'm going to be talking about today, but yeah. definitely something to consider. Definitely th something to, to think about as to why they are doing that. Yep. But moving back to what I was talking about and 
the giving the power back to the states to decide. So now, with the power being back in the hands of the states and more local to the people, so now more than ever, like I was saying uh, in the headline, now more than ever, Christians need to stand up and fight to ban abortion on a statewide level. Yes. So now the the fight is not over. We need to continue fighting. We can't stop now that Roe v. Wade is overturned. Yes. We need to continue fighting on a statewide level now. Now it is closer to us. Now it is more easily gotten rid of. But we need to continue fighting to make sure it is banned. Yep. So, in the vein of fighting against those who permit the innocent killing of young children, I want to go over some common arguments against pro-life and the biblical standard um, of pro-life. Cool. Uh, first one being, and this one I'm going to hand over to Bruce to give his, how he would go against someone who brought this up. So oh, think of this right. as if someone came to you or you were talking with someone uh-huh. and they brought up the phrase, my body, my choice. Right. How would you argue against that. So how do, you, how do you respond to someone who doesn't understand biology would be my question. Because <laughs> ultimately what we're dealing with here is someone somewhere along the line either went to government school um, or has a Romans 1 level of just brain cloudedness where your brain has been so seeped in sin and your conscience so seared that you can't think logically anymore, which happens. It's very real. If you don't believe me, read through the last bit of Romans 1 and the first bit of Romans 2. Because it's not your body. That's very clearly, is there any question that after nine months, what comes out of you is a human being? Is a, is a human being? Do, do we ever question that? Do we ever question like, maybe it'll be a watermelon? Oh, no, no, maybe it'll be a donkey. Uh, maybe it'll be a chair. Do we not know how biology works? How is it that after, what, 200, 300 years of modern science, we don't know what a human being is? We can't define that with our human reasoning. Really? Human reasoning is so great, and yet we don't know what a man and a woman are, and we don't know what a baby is. Wow, bang up job on that one, guys. So I would argue that they need to go back to science class and realize that's not their body. That is another soul. That is another human being. And you are murdering it if you think that you can kill it and have no repercussions. Mm-hmm. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would agree. Cool. Certainly. And now moving on to the next one, number two. And this one says, basically to the point of, do you want to bring a child, would you want to bring a child into a life of poverty or into the hands of parents who can't take care of them? Mm, yep. To which I would be like, no. So don't have sex when you cannot provide <laughs> for a family. Yes. But now that it's already done, the kid is there. Right. Do you know how many people throughout history? I mean, I don't know. If our, everyone in our audience has watched The Daily Wire or has, owns a subscription, but if you do, go on The Daily Wire's website 
okay, or their app or whatever. Look up the Clarence Thomas documentary. Look up that man's life. Look at how he used to live. Look at the poverty he was born into. Look at the neighborhood he was born into. Nowadays, he probably would have been murdered in the womb. But because they didn't have access to that back then, he wasn't. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine the amount of people uh, across the nation that are alive today that wouldn't have been if this were readily available? If the society at the time had said, well, if you're going to bring them up in poverty, if you're living in poverty, then really what we're saying is if you're going to bring a child into poverty, they're not a child anymore. At that point, you're saying that if they, if someone is in poverty, you aren't a person. You aren't a yeah. human being who deserves to live. So you better just die and decrease the surplus population. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's what we're facing here. And a little bit, I want to make sure that we can bring this back to a argumentation style, which we know we can argue in yep. right and, yep. and this comes back to understanding presuppositional apologetics yes and i i think for those who understand it in our audience i think lots of research should be done on how to do presuppositional apologetics mm. but if you if you can learn it doing this is quite easy because if you take this argument if you take what they're saying right and you respond with you can't have sex unless you can provide for a family or in inside of marriage obviously it should be inside of marriage so then how would they respond they respond they would probably say something to the effect of well people always have sex outside of marriage and before um they can provide for a family and i would have to respond saying so what are we is that an animalistic are we just like (laughs) basing ourselves right off of instinct yeah yeah which if they're if they're an atheist they would probably say yeah we are animals we are basing everything off of the completely and entirely in incapable of self-restraint like complete promiscuity to do anything you want without restraint any restraint whatsoever that's what they and that's allowing the idea of culture yeah, and allowing that. And yeah. so, to which, this sets you up perfectly to say, well, then why is murder wrong? Mm. Yep. Yep. If that person has an instinct to murder someone else. Ooh, good point. Yep. What's the problem? Yep. Precisely. It's their instinct. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And just like, that's kind of like, hard to set up but if you can do that it is really easy from then on to have that kind of argumentation yep yep exactly and last one i go over last one i want to go over because i'm running out of time yep <laughs> uh and this is the third one uh and this is what they would say well abortions are going to happen just any they're just going to happen anyways just we we want to make sure that they're done safely <laughs> that they're safe yeah 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 and th- oh. this one this one is just so obviously wrong <laughs> um that hey, just I, tag I, me I in can... anytime <laughs> yeah go go ahead you let's see how you do this one okay all right you ready for this well you know yeah let's say for example that mur- that they believe that abortion is wrong right 
but it's going to happen anyway, so let's at least make it safe. Well, murder's wrong, but it's going to happen anyway, so let's just make it safe. Let's give mm-hmm. everybody a gun so that they can... Let's give every murderer that we know a gun, a uh, torpedo, uh, a, a, like, think of something that could only kill someone. Let's give everyone that and say that and, and be like, yeah, okay, yep, we don't condone murder, but hey, you know what? We got to make it safe, so let's legalize it because people are going to kill mm-hmm. them anyways. So let's legalize it so they're not doing it in secret anymore. They're going to come right out on the street and murder someone, and we're going to let that be okay because we don't want people to do it in secret because then, you know, someone could get hurt, you know? <laughs> it's like yeah. someone's already getting hurt. It's already not safe for half of this equation. It's it's not safe for the baby you're murdering. Like someone yeah. is already getting hurt in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Even if you think it's there's no such thing as a safe abortion. <laughs> Just like there's no such thing as a safe murder. Like do you hear yourself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that that's exactly my my argumentation and how I would go with that. But then again as I was talking, let's let's turn it into a presuppositional apologetic yes, argument. Do it. All right, they make the claim that murder is wrong. Why is murder wrong? Oof. Yep. According to an atheistic yep. understanding, why is murder wrong? Yep, precisely. And and that might be a little bit hard trying to find at what point they say that murder is wrong. But through that, in talking about murder, they're going to make a truth claim like that. They're going to make a claim that stealing is wrong, that murdering is wrong. Or they're going to make up make something else and say this is wrong right if they claim anything is wrong bring it back to a presuppositional argument yeah saying why is it wrong yep yep absolutely yeah that's so i just wanted to go over that just so people understood how they would counteract this and that should help you in fighting against this going forward and making sure that you know, you can make sure that abortion is banned statewide. Yep. And also, yep. Um, I do have an article in the in the the links that should give you a list of all the states which banned abortion. Awesome. So go and look at that article if you want to see the list of the states. Yep. And if your um, state is not one of them, get to work. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome, dude. That was um, that was really good. Really good breakdown. Mm-hmm. We gave that the time I think it deserves. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, that's 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 hopeful. That's giving us. We sh- we should be really excited about this. That we got a small victory on Friday, um, and that's really really exciting to see. So now we have to deal with the sin in our own camp. Um, now we have to make sure that our side is right before God. Um, because all we're going to keep getting are small victories and then major setbacks and small victories, one step forward, two steps back until we fix the issues in our own camp. Last week, you know, I talked about a proposed gun bill, which includes all sorts of incredible overreaches of civil government. This past Saturday, the bill was signed into law by fake president Biden. You know, the guy up there pretending he's president things like this and worse are happening on a daily basis in our day and age. This is happening all the time. We get all sorts of bills that are clearly overreaches of civil government, and people are all up in arms about it. They're not happy, okay? 
Our education system trains up children in secular humanism. Um, and the secular, uh, the civil government has trampled on virtually every sphere, every area of authority belonging to the other three governments. So just imagine a part of your life that the civil government hasn't written some sort of restriction for or stipulation about. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anything that the civil government hasn't said mine. But as we know from Abraham Kuyper, there's not a square inch in this world where Christ doesn't scream mine. So what's happening here is civil government pretending that it is God. And we're going to get a little bit more into that a little bit later. Gateway Pundit, if you aren't familiar with them, they're actually a really good news source, conservative news source. I use them for research on the show all the time. They're good. However, they aren't, unfortunately, biblically based. What I'm about to read to you is a perfect example for why we need biblical uh, everything. <laughs> we need the Bible to be the basis for everything in society, including our news. We need Christians who have been given the gift of journalism to stand up and create Christian news sources that push the antithesis, as Gary DeMar likes to say all the time. Um, I think the post-millennial is a news source that uh, does that as well, which I need to look into and actually do more research with them. But we need more like them because of what I'm about to read. So here's a headline from the Gateway Pundit. What patriotic Americans can do to resist the destruction of our constitutional republic. So this is their solution, okay? We have our Bible. This is their Bible. This is their belief. Our great uh, commission from Christ, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them everything that he taught us. That's our great commission. This is theirs. This is what the Republicans, the conservatives have come up with. And many of these people, unfortunately, call, them, call themselves Christians. Okay. Part of what they're saying is actually decent. I'm going to read through some of it. So few statements. They said, do not expect any top-down solutions for America's problems to miraculously emerge from Washington, D.C. And they're right. We shouldn't be looking to Washington, D.C. to solve all our problems for us. In fact, they are the problem, and we shouldn't be looking to them to solve our problems anyways. Uh, so that's good. Uh, next statement reads, the United States already has a bona fide ruling class which transcends government, a political aristocracy that sees itself as distinct from the rest of society and as the only element that may act on its behalf. That's also true. I mean, We've talked about aristocracy on the show a lot in the past, and unfortunately, that's what we have today, especially if our elections are null and void, uh, as evidenced by the man sitting in the White House pretending he's president right now. Um, so that's true. Uh, their next statement reads, by repeatedly passing bills that contradict the views of its voters, the Republican Party has made political orphans of tens of millions of Americans. Exactly. It's why I'm not Republican. I very much disagree with the Republican Party. It doesn't represent me right now. I'm an orphan. Sort of. <laughs> politically i have no party um next statement and this one is kind of crazy the only remaining course of action for patriotic americans who want to restore a constitutional republic is a bottom-up political insurgency based on the constitution and the founding documents end quote that is their solution that's their solution let's go back to this piece of paper let's go back to uh something that is not living and breathing like the word of god let's Go back to something that is not uh, sharper than any two-edged sword. Let's not go back to something that gives us true wisdom. No, let's go back to a document that humans, fallible human beings, wrote. Okay, I think we're off to a bad start already. Next statement, the Second Amendment 
the right of the people to keep and bear arms is now the only obstacle standing between freedom and the absolute tyranny the federal government now wishes to impose. First of all, false. Uh, they continue, buy firearms and lots of ammunition. Identify constitutional sheriffs or law enforcement officers in your community and coordinate with them to form a well-regulated militia. That's a good point. You should do that because the Bible actually calls us to do that. Being necessary to the security of a free state. That's from the Constitution, by the way. That's part of that amendment. So I would actually advise that. That's a smart thing to do. Uh, they go on. That is a militia capable of being deputized to fight against not just criminally uh, criminality, but incursions by a tyrannical government. Above all others, preserving the Second Amendment is the hill to die on. End quote. Above all others. Did you catch that? Above all others. Preserving the Second Amendment is the hill to die on. So their God is their guns. Is their point here. Okay. All of this is backwards. The freedoms that we get in the Constitution don't come from the Constitution. How many times do we have to be hit over the head with the word of God before we wake up and realize that the guns and the Constitution are not the solution? They will not solve this problem. The article goes on to say, this is the scariest part, goes on to say that we should effectively be keeping a list of names of illegal aliens and reporting them. If that doesn't sound like the Secret Service in uh, Hitler's Germany, I don't know what does. That's horrifying. Horrifying. Read this for yourself. This is our side, guys. This should terrify you that there are people on our side writing things like this. They go on. Uh, they say, as well as removing any CRT-related content wherever it may be found amongst other things. Okay. Wow, I wish I had more time to expound on that. I don't. All I can say is I need to provide the actual solution before I run out of time here, okay? They don't get it. They don't understand. There's a reason for this, and the Bible accounts for their lack of understanding. Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 23 says, For although they knew God, and many on this, by the way, many on this Republican side claim to be Christians. They claim to know God. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, oh goodness, that is so true today, or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they claim to have all the solutions, they claim to have history on their side, right? Claiming to be wise, they became fools, utter fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men, and birds, and animals, and creeping things, end quote. And if I might add, metal objects that shoot uh, other metal objects. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for guns. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for a piece of paper that is ne neither living nor sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm describing the Bible. They exchanged the glory of God for their own ideas, their own judgments. Our nation is under judgment. There are more than enough indications of that. Our silver has become dross. That's currency devaluation. We have women in key leadership positions. Check out Isaiah chapter 3 verse 12 if you want to know more about that. We have ridiculous amounts, ridiculously large amounts of Americans giving into the lusts of the flesh. Jacob just described that earlier when we're talking about abortions. What leads to that? Giving into the lusts of the flesh. Absolute insane amounts of Americans are doing that. It's disgusting. And much, much more. This all points to a nation under judgment. I think we're all agreed as Christians that we clearly are under judgment as a nation right now, under judgment from God. 
how do we get out of this? Okay, this is all this is all boiling to something. This is all like actually you read through Second Timothy as well. Um, just before you get to that passage that talks about all of Scripture is God breathed and profitable for instruction, all of that, right? That's that's the that's the focal point. We often just skip to that passage, but we forget what comes before it. What comes before it is the description of what you shouldn't be like. Be careful of these people. Be careful of slanderers, murderers, all of these sorts of people. Well, how do I know? How do I figure out who to avoid? How do I how do I avoid becoming that? That culminates to here's the solution, the word of God, the inerrant inspired word of God. Okay, so you cannot restore a nation without returning it to God. You can't. It's impossible. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, "Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain." Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and, last bit, catch this, heal their land. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. All of this, I mean, all of it is pointing to the fact that we need to turn back to God as a nation. Until we do that, we cannot trust in guns Horses, chariots, our military, the Constitution, we cannot put our faith in inanimate objects. The living and true God is the only place we can put our faith right now. The whole book of Nehemiah, specifically chapters 8 through 12, talk about how the people rededicated Israel to God after rebuilding their cities. The law of God was discovered, treasured, and read before all the people. All right, so almost done wrap up here. Before I do, Jake, I know you've probably got a lot of thoughts going through your head. Anything that you'd like to add on this conversation kind of before I wrap it up? Yeah. And I mean, like we've been saying a lot, a lot of times, I've brought it up a couple of times. I know Bruce has brought up, brought it up multiple times, but uh, it, it seems like today that Christians feel as if they can no longer trust the Bible. Yep. Yep. They, they instead go to humans Ugh. Yes. to fill the void, right? There is a void that needs to be filled. Yes. But they go to, too often they go to other people to fill it. Yep. We, we look up examples of Trump, examples of, uh, well, examples of like Trump, uh, DeSantis. Yep. Uh, Pence. The Supreme Court now. Mm, yeah. yeah. So many more examples have shown that people want to put their trust in a people. person. Yep. Yep. But it ultimately does not work. Yep. Exactly. Trump failed us. And, and humans will fail us yes. ultimately because we are sinful creatures. Yes. And, and Christians should know this. I mean, and and that's why we say on the show all the time, don't just trust us, research it, study it in the word of God, right? This, we are no exception to this rule. All human beings are fallen, right? Yeah. This applies to everyone, but especially your elected officials, because yes, we do as humans have a tendency to put them on a pedestal and think that they're all that we think they're great. They're fantastic. Let's do everything they say. We need to be very, very careful about putting our faith in anything other than the holy and infallible word of God and God himself. Very, very careful about that. 
thank you, Jake, for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, that my last statement that I want to make here, we're a little over, but I, I think this needs to be said. You know, we as human beings attribute the wrong things to the success of our nation. We think our nation was so great. It was all that was fantastic because of a document, because of the Constitution, uh, because of our newfangled ideas about how we should run society. Really? That's what made it great? That's not true at all. The reason our nation started off so well was because it was based on the word of God. It was because the population was Christian. And um, I forget where that passage is, whether it's Ephesians or a, or a different book, but you know, we had it on the, uh, a verse of the week a couple weeks back. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess. In America, so many tongues confessed Christ. Now, they may not have been saved because you know, we still believe in limited atonement here at uh, Reformed dissenters, right? We are Reformed. So we know that there is an elect group of people, but they would confess Christ even if they didn't weren't truly saved. So in generations past, on almost any level of the American civil government, magistrates, judges, and legislatures could be found who knew the word of God and publicly confessed Christ. That, that right there is precisely what made our nation so great. Not the politicians, not the Constitution, not even the Articles of Confederation, which was way closer to Scripture than the Constitution was. Um, the holy and inspired word of God used by Christians as their only standard of living was the only thing that set us apart. That was what made us different. From that, yes, we got things like the Constitution, the Articles of Confederation. We got ideas that are better to structure civilization. But even those ideas can't live on their own. Even you, you, you can't even have those that system of government without a Christian people, without a religious people. And that was stated by, I think, at least one of the founding fathers, I think it was Adams or something, um, who said that you this is meant for a religious people. So we're out of time, but I, I thought that this was really, really important, that we don't get sidetracked. We don't think that we can trust in people, trust in ourselves, trust in the Supreme Court, institutions. The only place we can trust is God and his word. And until we realize that we need to study his word and know what it says about society and call our pastors out when they don't do the same thing until we realize that this is a short, this is a stopgap measure. This is short term, short lived, and it won't last. Anything to add before we wrap up, Jake? I mean, yeah, it's a basic rule of logic that the conclusion should equal the premises. Hmm. And we, we so often get, get that wrong. Like, we understand it in basic principles, like the reason fires, just because fire trucks show up to a fire, it doesn't mean that the fire trucks cause fire. <laughs> yeah. But, but so often we make the wrong conclusion that our nation is so great because the Constitution is good. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. We forget the idea that the, the Constitution is good because God, mm. because it was based on the yep. Word of God. Yep. Yeah, because God blessed our land. Yeah. Yep. Because, I mean, if we're talking about that psalm that I brought up before, Psalm 127, God built the house. The Lord built the house. So we yep. weren't laboring in vain at that point. Yep. Um, and at that time... My people who are called by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, and I'll hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. And that was certainly true 
for, I would argue, the first 30 to 50 years of American history. And after that, it all went downhill very rapidly. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so, so much for joining us. Sorry about the longer episode. I hope you found the content uh, insightful and interesting and at least gave you some topics to talk about. Go to trdshow.net. That's our show's website. You'll find a list of resources there and a link to all of the many platforms we're on. Go ahead and check us out on your favorite podcasting platform or you can watch us, which is even cooler because we put things up on the screen that might be interesting to you, like quotes and verses and all that kind of stuff. So more engaging. What's that? More engaging. That's right, Jake. Yeah. Um, don't forget, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We are looking forward to hearing from you. And until then, we'll see you on Wednesday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.